major incident, it seems, at the Oscars between comedian Chris Rock and Oscars nominee Will Smith, both very famous actors in their own right. Early reports from the theatre are that this exchange was not a joke. This was not some sort of planned thing. Keep my wife's name out mouth! I'm going to, okay? Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, the podcast you deserve. My name is Jonathan Astro, and with me is the sexually active Ricky Allpike. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. That's, that's, uh, that's so real. Uh, anyway, Ricky, how have you been? I'm good. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, we haven't done just kind of a podcast with the two of us for a while, and we're doing that now. You know, I feel like we're, we're getting some long overdue bro time, you know? Well, you know, uh, you, you send out an SOS. You're like, God, it's, we got we got to do a show. We've got to talk about if, this If we are in the same room, we'd probably slap our dicks together right now. Yeah, um, well, you know. High um, five. Your words. I'd probably just, just I don't know, shake your hand. <laughs> but, you know, whatever, whatever. Anyway, no, it is good. Uh, so, as I, I told, look, people don't believe, I, I don't lie, okay? I said we hadn't, we hadn't abandoned everyone. Mm. And here we are. So, uh, just a bit of housekeeping. Coming up this week, we have Evan Mulholland from the IPA, an interview coming up with him. Uh, that drops on Thursday. Everyone's homework for that day is to listen to a podcast that Evan was part of called Their ABC, which is fantastic. So mm. give that a listen. Yeah, it's so good. It's incredible. And if you're from overseas, uh, that the ABC there refers to our, our national broadcaster, uh, the ABC. Uh, on Tuesday at Sideweb Cinema, our podcast within a podcast, we're reviewing Look Who's Talking as part of our baby boom. Katie, my pregnant wife will be joining us for that one or so she says she do you know what she said today what we're at dinner and she's like she's like so how long is this how long is this thing gonna go go, go for and i go oh we'll just you know a few more weeks like well we do and and i was like if, is that okay like if you go what else you got on yeah you know <laughs> like i mean if this isn't if if, if doing a show called cyber cinema isn't important to you <laughs> and I don't know what is. Anyway, uh, also I'd like people to consider checking out some of our recent interviews we've had. Uh, the first would be episode 91, Jeffrey Tucker. We talked about COVID lockdowns and the Great Barrington Declaration. Uh, episode 89, Kevin Donnelly. We talked about cancel culture, Western culture, and the school curriculum. And 87, that was with Joe Bartosh. We covered women's rights and uh, trans activist madness. Um, That's a very popular episode, actually. So check it out. Yeah, do check it out. Like, you know, I mean, I could spend a whole episode talking about our interviews. And oh man, we've got some heavy hitters coming. Stay tuned. All right, Ricky, what do you what do you got for me? Let's get into it. This, this show will be too long otherwise. All right, yes. Well, I mentioned slapping dicks before. Uh, so if you've been living under a rock for the past four or five days, actor and rapper Will Smith has slapped comedian Chris Rock not after he made a joke. No, not his dick. Not with his dick, but with not his with, hand. Uh, with his hand. Okay, with his right. hand. Uh, after Chris Rock made a joke about uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, made, made a fairly lame joke about her hairstyle, well, it's, it's more of a bald head than a style, but you know what I mean. Uh, so after hitting Rock in the face, Smith then yelled out a bunch of stuff using the F word, and I'll play that for you now. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> 
was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. You the wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. He sounds so petulant in that that second one. He said he when he goes, uh, "You ma, uh, you, uh, you, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you ma." I don't know. You, don't you think he sounds like a little boy? He does. Yeah. Like he it's... sounds like totally not street at all. Yes, I know. And it's weird because you know people have been speculating that it was staged or whatever, trying to get Oscar ratings or or some other reason. But when you see the slap, you could maybe go, "Oh, that kind of looked a bit choreographed." But then maybe. Maybe, but then his shouting afterwards looks really genuine. So, well, I, look, I, there's no w- water that holds no water that could be fake because Chris Rock. It would have to be they would both have to be on you know, which is fine because uh, as we know, you know, Jesse Smollett had uh, his own crew, like you know, that he had to collude with. Now, I'm not saying that this is a hate crime, a fake hate crime, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying that you know you've got to get your people together when you when you're doing yeah. a, a a a sort of a colluded, like a bit of collusion. And it's Chris Rock's responses after he's genuinely flustered. I've never heard this guy uh, uh, misspeak ever. Like mm. you know, comedians are so on it that I mean, because he the first screw up he said was he said that was the greatest night in television history or whatever. And yeah. I was like, oh, what he's meant to say was that the, that was the greatest moment. Yeah, and yeah. if it was staged, he just wouldn't say he would get it. He would get it right. And then yeah. also the grotesque, you know, I'm going to yes, like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is grotesque as well. Like, and look, if you can, if it would have to be the the biggest Andy Kaufman style joke in yeah. the history of jokes like yeah. if it, we should give both of them oscars if uh <laughs> if it is fake. well well i think i think chris rock's reaction was fairly calm considering the circumstances like like if it's legit you know like oh, yeah. um you know i i think he, he held himself well but i believe he missed an opportunity to use humor to slap will smith back now you know how the oscars have like a team of joke writers on board to help mcs well, know, yeah. I've joined the team and I've prepared some jokes that I think Chris Rock should have used or maybe could keep up his sleeve for next time he's in a room with the Pinkett Smiths, okay? Yeah. So here's my first one. Uh, I, I won't okay. do the voice, but, you know. Don't do the voice. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith is so ugly that when she looked out the window, she got arrested for mooning. It's <laughs> <laughs> so childish. All right. Yep. Jada Pinkett Smith is so ugly, she makes blind children cry. Jada Pinkett Smith is so ugly, even the tide won't take her out. Okay. Jada Pinkett Smith so ugly, I can fuck her in any position and it's still doggy style. Oh, okay, yep. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith so ugly, when she takes her bra off, she looks like she has four big toes. <laughs> so, so, I know I shouldn't go into these, but... <laughs> But I just got to take them at face value. But is the implication there that she's someone's got sort of mutant for bosom? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Jada Pinkett Smith so ugly she makes onions cry. Okay. Yep. Jada Pinkett Smith so ugly her pictures are, are are used as birth as a birth control tool. Oh. Okay. Yep. 
Jada Pinkett Smith so ugly when she masturbates, she gets arrested for animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Jane Pickett Smith so ugly when she was born, the doctor threw her away and slapped the placenta in the ass. Oh God, so complex and gross. <laughs> Jane Pickett Smith so ugly, crap flushes her down the toilet. Oh, see now, that's just coarse. Maybe I, if I could walk over to your house and slap you, <laughs> I would. All right. But you know, I'm thinking of uh, of the Eddie Murphy version of the Nutty Professor. You know, yes. when he goes back to the club, Reggie. Yeah, yeah, to confront Reggie the comedian. Dave Chappelle. Yes, Chappelle. Yeah, and and he does that. You you know, your mama's so fat, or yes. your mom. Yeah, thing. So, I think I think the Rock, Chris Rock, should have done that. I think he should have whipped it out. He should have gone. Jada Pinkett Smith so ugly. Blah blah blah. Well, he's a comedy legend now, and he's he's. I mean, he's almost sixty, so he is a mainstream. If you're, a, I mean, he's on the Oscars. Yeah. So he's not Ryan Long. He's not Andrew Schultz. So he's not, um, you know, on part of the counterculture. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. he's very much a mainstream legend, and he was doing. I mean, think about it. The joke was about GI Jane. I know. Which it's very which lame. I love. I love that movie, by the way. And but joking about GI Jane uh, in twenty twenty two is such a no no because no one knows what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just he just was not ready for this. Like like this is just so outside of the realm. I mean, I'm mean, ridiculous to even say it, but it's unprecedented. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think it's unprecedented, mm. isn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Let's let me get serious for a moment though. But you know, after Will Smith's assault on Rock. Uh, he, he was allowed to stay at the Oscars and then later in the night received a standing ovation for winning Best Actor. Now, what, what public venue in the world lets a patron hit an MC in the face, swear a bunch and not get thrown outside? You know, imagine if I was in a comedy club okay. and I didn't like some of the words that a comedian said and I or hit Hannah them. Gatsby or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yep. And I'd be fucking arrested. Well, it'd be a hate crime if it was her as well. Because, it would be, yeah. You know, but imagine if if it was a white actor hitting rock, you know, mm. then then that the, you know the whole narrative would be. I think that actually might start the new civil war. <laughs> like I think that might be what actually kicks it off. Well, actually, you, you might have already said this, but the whoever did it, the narrative would be different, right? I, I guess so. Well, I think it, it it would depend on the skin color, like. Like if it was Amy Schumer who got up and did it. Well, see, that's different too because it's a chick, you know. So, so, so that, it's okay. So then that would probably be okay. This is the thing. Like the Hollywood establishment is constantly banging on about positive representation of black people on screen and then it lets actual black-on-black -black assault occur during their grand night of nights, you know. But, you know, it, it, it does play to the statistics though. The majority of criminal assault in the US is black-on-black. -black. Oh, my God. You know, I'm just putting that out there. No, well, that's true, but it's, but it's they're not. That, that, no, that, well, no, statistically, I think we've heard that figure, but it's not. It's not. It's not two millionaires doing it on behalf of an, another millionaire. Yeah, like true. that's very rich, rich people. They're not. This isn't. Um, this isn't the hood. You know, this is. They all got hundred and forty thousand dollar gift bags. Yes, that's crazy. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. if I gave you a hundred and forty thousand dollar gift bag, and that still wasn't enough to satisfy you, and you still went and slapped someone in the face that, know, that same yeah. that same night. So imagine that on one in one night, you get a hundred and forty thousand dollar gift bag, and you get a golden statuette that you've been chasing your whole life, 
and that still is not enough to satisfy you, mm. you know? Yeah. I, I hear there's, there's plastic surgery vouchers in those things. Oh, that's disgraceful. It is, isn't it? It's crazy. Let's look at this. Let's look at this another way, okay? So Will Smith's actions were just a swinging advertisement for the dangers of toxic masculinity. Of course, it's fine to occasionally threaten or attack those who tell offensive jokes, right? Words are violence and sometimes you need to respond in kind. But the way in which he did was just macho bullshit, you know, with a smattering of patriarchal contempt in there too. You know, couldn't he at least have asked Jada if she wanted to have the first pop? You know, it became all about Smith and his ego rather than Jada and her ego. But the big question is, would Smith have gotten away with this if Chris Rock was white? Okay, I think we all know the answer to that. Smith would have been tackled, cuffed, charged, charged with domestic terrorism and locked up, or perhaps even, you know, a knee in the neck. You know, that pasty transphobe Ricky Gervais, like he would never have to put up with this shit, you know? Is it just me or would there be more sympathy for the Pinkett Smiths today if it wasn't for our society's bigoted disdain for open relationships, polyamory and alternative family structures? I mean, all those disgusting tweets and memes about their open relationship. So what if Will Smith lets a younger man put his dick in his wife's mouth? Just don't you ever put Jada's name in yours, okay? Isn't their loving open relationship just what progress looks like in 2022? But, you know, given the fact that Will Smith's straddling that line between husband and cuck, he probably did it so Jada will regard him as top dick again and he won't have to have sloppy seconds. What are your thoughts? I don't know where to start. Well, look, you've, 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 you've raised a, a provoking thesis, okay, provocative thesis here. Uh, I think <laughs> that I love the idea of, like, so he's in a polyamorous relationship but in, your, in this theory... <laughs> Um, he still has to fight to be top dick. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. He's got to fend off the younger bucks. I guess so. Well, this is all part of the, the, the people are saying that this is all, all part of it, you know, is that he was humiliated on the world stage and had to take, some, take it back. Mm. you know um yeah it's 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 a total mess but but don't you think people are there's been a lot of obviously everyone's got an opinion about this as do we some okay takes and there's a lot of bad takes mm. and take for you which i'll read out soon but don't you think people are complicating this like you're even your satirical piece <laughs> is like well, i assume it was satirical uh but but it, it was um is complicated when really it's a simple case of poor judgment, assault, you know, a, a man choosing to not control his emotions and giving into it and slapping the face of, of a comedian who's roasting a lot of people with a really, yeah, a, a pretty lame joke that we'd all moved on from in about two seconds mm. about a subject he didn't know about. Uh, you know, I'm sure he didn't even know about the alopecia. Or even if he did, who cares? Like, I mean, it's, 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 <sighs> It is what it is. And uh, he's doing his job. And for, for that, he was uh, slapped in the face and no one did anything. He wasn't escorted out. Uh, he was asked to leave and he refused. And I love that you can just refuse and that's it. Was he asked to leave? He was asked to leave. Wow. So they've started the internal investigation and apparently he was asked to leave and didn't leave. He refused to leave. And what I like is that you can refuse to leave and you, that, then you don't have to leave. Like that's it. Nick, try that next time. So do, just next time something happens out, wherever you are, so I'd like to, if, if you could leave, sir. I mean, I've seen normal people, not millionaires, 
on flights in America. We've seen mm-hmm. these YouTube videos, right? And when they're asked to leave and they refuse, as they do, the police come and get them. Yes. And escort them out. So it seems like that there's one rule for non-millionaires mm. and another rule for millionaires mm. and elites. For so sure. I think that's a problem, uh, definitely. But yep. uh, So he was asked to leave. He didn't leave. 20 minutes later, he, he wins Best Actor, mm-hmm. does a ridiculous speech, and every, well, not everyone, a lot of people by the looks of it got up and gave him a standing ovation. Yeah. What is behind the standing ovation? I don't know. I... I think people should turn their back on him. Yes, I agree. I agree. Like that would have been a really that would have been moving in its own way. Yeah. Um, they should have all walked out or something. Like mm. they should have said, "This guy's staying." Then, like you know, I've spent the last two years doing videos, black and white videos, to imagine hectoring everyone about the race problems in the world, or the violence in the world, or this and that, or telling people that they're bigots. I've spent years doing that now, making endless films about it and nothing else and if i don't do something right now walk out and give my $140,000 gift bag back or something yeah. then then i ain't shit well jim carrey's come out and i i never thought he'd be the guy to to you know cause a bit of a ruckus he said that uh rock should have sued him for 200 million dollars yeah and that the academy should have thrown him out of the venue and he he says that that hollywood is spineless well that's the last part's true he can't sue him though because, well, I'm sure he can, but Chris Rock's in a really bad bind. He's a comedian and he just wants to get up and tell jokes and he needs to get over this. He needs to frame this in his, to his advantage real quick because this is a, he was humiliated, mm. you know, and it's a real weird thing. Like, you know, male comedians have, well, well I feel like they've got a, they've got an aura and once that aura is burst, mm. you know, f- through scandal or humiliation or whatever, it's, you know they have to get it back somehow, and yeah. it, maybe it never comes back. Well, he's he's got some tour coming up in the US, and tickets have skyrocketed. They've sold out. Yes, but they're all. But he not. But think about that. He's already addressed this in part because he did a show the other night. People are going to come, and he's had to say, "I'll talk about it, but not tonight." So if you came for that, then that's not going to happen. So you've got to. There'd be, there'd be this tension in the room, right? Everyone yeah. would be like, "Well, we want to hear about it." Like mm. you can't just. You can't just get slapped in the face at the Oscars and then say, oh, don't ask me about that, all right? Yeah. Well, he should come up with some material quick, you know, a way to frame it, uh, you know. He could imagine, you know, he's he's got enough money, so it doesn't matter. But if he said, if he did a quick set, just wrote 20 minutes, and if he was like, go to my website and, you know, pay $150 to watch this 20-minute set me talking about it right now, yeah. He would be so rich. He <laughs> yeah. would be so rich. Everyone yeah. would just go go straight on and say, I gotta hear this. Well, I, I have to play you a little bit of a media clip here. A friend of mine sent me this uh via Instagram. Chris Rock has just made a very offensive joke at a black woman who's living with a disability's yep. expense. Yep. It was not funny. Yep. In no one's language was that joke funny at all. I think Chris Rock also needs to apologise. We haven't heard from Chris Rock about that joke, that really offensive joke. And what's happened now is that Will Smith's actions after has now overshadowed the original incident, the thing thing that sparked it all. And what we're hearing from black women around the world is that this is 
our lived experience mm. is that what happens after we have been made a joke of or we have been assaulted or there's been acts of violence, whether it be physical or emotional, um, and, you know, we, we might call the police or, you know, we're the, we're the ones that are told to leave because, you know, we arc up about something or someone comes to our defence. The original thing is forgotten about because it's the aftermath. So then we are the ones that get into trouble. You know, so this is the sort of thing that I'm hearing from the community um, in Australia and, and around the world. So I, I think Chris Rock also needs to apologise here. All right. So that, that is Narelda Jacobs weighing in um, from some light news segment from uh, Australia's Network 10. Um, so... I mean, this this is uh, what she's saying is totally bonkers and ridiculous, but it's not unlike a lot of other media commentators out there calling for Chris Rock to apologise or saying that his, uh, you know, his joke was highly offensive. I mean, she thinks Chris Rock needs to apologise because his joke was highly offensive. I mean, uh, has she seen Ricky Gervais's work at the Golden Globes? I mean, that, that was tame beyond belief. I mean, it was so tame it was like you know, it's it's a film reference from the 90s that most people can't even remember, you know. And she says, Jada is a black woman living with a disability? I mean, what the fuck? Um, th I guess that pushes her up the victim hierarchy now, does it? Like, like you know, forget about the unbelievable power and wealth that, that uh, Jada Pinkett has. And, and, you know, now she's a black woman living with a disability, you know? But but it made, <laughs> yeah. it made me also think, like, don't most... Black women in the U.S. wear wigs anyway. So are they now all living with a disability? Like every woman out there in the U.S. that that every black woman that wears a wig, like you know, are they disabled too now because they don't have long hair? I I, I don't get it. And she's also putting this incident in the camp with physical and mental abuse. You know, so she's basically saying that words of violence and that actual physical violence is an acceptable way to deal with words that you don't like, you know. It's this kind of shit that gets spewed out by the mainstream media and 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 this kind of woke intersectional viewpoint that's turning people away from legacy media and free-to-air TV and, and network news, you know. Well, a couple of things. So violence, behaviour involving physical force intended to hurt, damage or kill someone or something. So we'll just say that first. So she said emotional violence. That's that's a non sequitur. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. So she's violence is violence. Words aren't violence. Words are words <laughs> and they can be hurtful and uh, it can be abusive. Absolutely. It cannot be violent in the mm -hmm. way. I mean, it's an abuse of the word. But but this is, you know, this is what the left has done though. You know, they like to redefine terms and, and, and they've done this for a specific reason so that they can enact violence on people just because they don't like but, but this is, this is you just mentioned it, though. The whole problem, it was happening on two fronts, the word violence, but also this idea of including alopecia in, in uh, the disabilities we, we need to be in, that need to be at the forefront of all of our minds and, mm. and getting a lot of, lot of our attention. That is concept creep at its best, you know. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the broadening out. I mean, it's a very unfortunate uh, um thing and you know no doubt it causes people a lot of pain and suffering um but for the moment you know i mean comedy changes for the moment i think it's it's still in the fair game category do you know what i mean that may change uh but i think we're all i think you could probably get away with it with with an alopecia joke you know a bit like albino jokes and stuff like you know <laughs> what i mean like they're, 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 i, I don't know about that 
Yeah, do you think you, you can't get right? You think the albinos that that's out, that's gone? Well, I, I don't think I've ever heard an albino joke before. No, so, but they were they've been know. made fun of in Farley Brother movies. I think I'm sure there's been right albino guys. Well, I, I can think of like 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 Ranga jokes, like people redheads, redhead jokes, know. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that that is um. Look, is Narelda going to apologize to us for such a dumb take? <laughs> I don't know. Like, she should it, though. What is she talking about? Like, why people are again? They're complicating it. I'd just say, okay, Narelda, what would you tell your kid? Like, don't worry about you. Don't worry about Will. Don't yeah. worry about Chris. Don't worry about all of that. What would you tell you? So your son? Uh, I don't know. I feel like she's injecting like herself in the story a little bit too there because she is a woman of color. She's an indigenous Australian, and and the way she says this happens to women of color all mm-hmm. the time. We get this you know she's almost like shoehorning herself in Mm. to that story you know yeah well i i I guess so uh but again you know um yeah i don't don't know what that adds adds to it like i feel like uh yeah that's a bit of a long bow on her part yeah but look i you know what it is it's this desperation to come up with with a good take a good interesting take Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone's like well, uh, you know, everyone's been talking about Will Smith, uh, you know, storming the stage mm, and slapping yes. Chris Rock. But no one's talking about Chris Rock. No one's talking about Chris Rock. Uh, maybe he should apologize. Yes. And everyone's yeah. like, ah, oh, yes. Now you you have won this scandal. <laughs> yes. You have won. You have come up with uh, the most interesting piece of creative writing about this very simple scandal. Yes. Like, so talking of bad takes, you've said your bad take. I got a I got a good one. So you know my favorite uh, Roxanne and Roxanne. Hold on, I always get her name wrong. Roxanne Gay. Yep. How could you get that wrong? Well, I don't know because I think she is gay. <laughs> right. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> don't quote me on that. Anyway, one thing's certain: she is a BBW and yep. uh, pre-offended BBW, and they've they've got four opinion writers at the at the New York Times to talk about this issue. Wow. And uh, so it's it was four like enough. Roxanne Gay, any more? Esau, Macaulay, Lulu, Garcia, Navarro, and uh, yeah, Charles Blow. Anyway, they've got a, a audio version of it. Oh man, they all speak so fucking slow, slow and patronizing. Because at the at the New York Times, because you have to walk on eggshells all the time. Because you can you can get you can get fired for as I've said before for sneezing and it sounding like the n word or something and everyone goes oh my god you're out of here or like you know you have to just put up with the with the anti-israel bullying that goes on there or you know whatever like the the it's basically run by a bunch of mean girls so they all speak so patronizingly slow and the way they talk in this podcast is so bizarre it's like it is like a stasi state they're, t- they're talking in another language so i just want to read you some comments by, by roxanne gay they've, they've asked them about what they think so roxanne guess uh, roxanne gay says the primary takeaway for me was indeed to see a black woman being defended, especially after a week of trials with Judge Katanji Brown Jackson and really nobody standing up for her. So that was the Supreme Court nominee. So she's mm, yeah. shoehorned because it's the same. It's all the same, right? Yeah. Supreme Court justice nominee, uh, Will Smith. It's all, Al- it's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. It's all the same <laughs> shit. It's yeah. all, it doesn't matter. It's all the same to her. Uh, and then um, she says, yes. So was it violent? And is violence unacceptable? Absolutely. But Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia. They were sitting right there in the front row and comedians are free to talk about whatever they want. They're free to say whatever they want. But as I have written before, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. 
and they're not free from people responding however they respond. Now, we can't have everyone respond to jokes with violence, but this idea that we're all supposed to have the thickest skin in the world all the time so that comedians can do whatever they want, well, I reject that. So what do you think of that? I think it's nonsense. Don't you think, I've got some other ones here. Don't you think there's this air of, she comes across as a, a sinister villain. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just a voice I put on whenever I do it. Yeah. But but there's a, there's an air of menace and yeah. smugness behind everything she says. Like she's she's essentially saying, I dare you, I dare you to say that I'm wrong. Yeah. And I yeah, will yeah. destroy you. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so she's allowed to say stuff like this, none of this makes sense. She's then possibly the most unprincipled person i've read in the news right this is the most unprincipled position don't you think yeah why do we need to complicate this like like not every issue is uh some kind of complex thought experiment like either you think either you want to live in a world where someone can walk on stage and slap a comedian in the face or or you don't Mm. like she's hedging here so here we go Oh, this is from Charles Blow. Uh, this is the, the different guy, but still it's worth. He says, and black women never really getting their due. Uh, the black women who participated in the emancipation cause never got their full due. Uh, the women who participated in the civil rights movement never really got their full due. Black women, the black women started Black Lives Matter, and still we prim- focus primarily on men. So he's getting involved there. Um, uh, he's an African American um, uh, 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 columnist at the New York Times. Now, what I find interesting about this this obsession with Jada and what she's going through and all of that, he does like this conflation of Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith, like <laughs> yes. Tupac's Tupac's old girlfriend, with the women who participated in the civil rights movement. Yes, and um, the black women who participated in the emancipation. <laughs> This is, this is this is crazy. Who and can take that seriously, though? No, but my favourite bit, this is the part that I think is, this is an unintended slam. The black women who started Black Lives Matter. Now, as far as I can tell, um, Black Lives Matter, and I'm not being funny here, it's a criminal enterprise as yes. far as I, isn't yeah. it? Well, they're, they're trying to work out where all the, the, the millions of dollars of, of, of donations have gone. And it seemingly has gone straight into the back pocket of, of these families. Patrice, Patrice Cullors and, who, and the other ones. Yeah. Basically, you know, and, but that's the part of the story I love about Black Lives Matter, the part I love the most. Because obviously the sentiment we all agree with, of course. Uh, but, but the movement itself and that, that organisation, the part I love about it is that... <laughs> Is that all this Marxist shit they've gone on about? Uh, in the end, it wonderfully was the most American enterprise ever. It was about like <laughs> yeah. these Ponzi like, scheme. Were, Ponzi scheme. It was like <laughs> it, it was like it was Keith Raniere or yeah. Daniel Plainsview, and there will be blood. It just turns out to be the people at the top getting rich, getting fat, mad rich, you know. And then I love that about the story. So anyway, we'll, we'll finish off with some Roxanne. Go just a couple more here, and then it's done. Um, Roxanne, I do want you to respond to Charles's comment about how this is not maybe the manner in which men should be defending women and that there is, in his view, something troubling about the way this, that this manifested itself. Look, the fucking aliens, why do they talk like this? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course not. Violence is never the answer, but I'm not mad at it. I'm just not. 
I was shocked when it happened. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And I hope I never see anything like that again. <laughs> what the hell? But I understand it. I understand it all around. I felt bad for Chris Rock because that was such a shocking moment. I felt bad for Jada Pinkett Smith having to deal with the fallout of all this. I felt bad for Will Smith, who sort of just, there will always be an asterisk now on his Oscar win. I just think that there's plenty of empathy to go around. And all things considered, I just, I can't, given everything going on in the world, I just cannot bring myself to be outraged by this. What a drama queen. Hey, mm. here we go. Are we really going to suggest that this was the first time this culture has normalized violence? I mean, punch a Nazi, quote unquote, was a whole thing. And I agree, go ahead and punch a Nazi. But we live in a culture that is steeped in normalized violence. That doesn't make it okay. Multiple wrongs don't make a right. But to suggest that this was a tipping point, I think is inaccurate. See, the most unprincipled person I've ever heard. So she'll say in one breath, oh, oh, like it's terrible. Violence is terrible. But anyway, I'm not going to be mad at it. And sometimes yeah. you got to do what you got to do and punch mm. a Nazi. And anyway, like, you know, um, two wrongs don't make a right. Anyway, uh, reparations would be nice. Yeah. So, so what she's saying is it's not good to punch someone that, that, that shares your same worldview, but it's okay to punch someone who, who doesn't think or act the way that you think they should. You know? Yes. Now, this woman has been allowed to get away with so much. Like, this is what happens when you refuse. And it's the soft bigotry of low expectations. If you won't stand up to Roxanne Gay because you're frightened of what she'll say to you, then it ends up with you sitting across from her. It sounds like all these people are pretty smart. They're all sitting in, in the paper of record, right? One of the most famous institutions yeah. in the world, in the history of the world. And they can't stand up to this woman. They can't say, Roxanne, you are tripping and that is crazy talk. You Well, because you know what would happen? She would flip that around and go, Well, you're you're misogynistic, you're, you know, you're racist, white supremacist, blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, Well, I I guess, but you are unhinged. Like, mm. like this is this is crazy, you know. So I feel like, you know, I just thought it was a, a, a oh, one last thing. Here we go. I can't, I can't stop reading this, this, this woman's ideas. Certainly, I think we cannot overlook the, the fact that there are actually two, these are actually two very wealthy men, very powerful men, very visible men. And it's because he, because he had, uh, because he was Will Smith that he was allowed to stay. I think there are problems with that because it says the Academy condones violence, but they've already said that in terms of giving Oscars to Harvey Weinstein, Roman Polanski, Sean Penn, I don't, again, make the stand, but let's not pretend last night was the first time this happened. I don't know how you move forward. I believe in prison abolition. So you can't say, quote, defund the police and, quote, abolish prison and then say Will Smith should be arrested. So I hope there is a space here for restorative justice, which I'm, lear I'm still learning about. And I still wonder, is it something that can work? But I what the fuck is she talking about? Bitch, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know? But I would believe, but I would like to believe that men of their means can find a way to use restorative justice to address the violence, to address the harm, and, and to and create repair. Fucking crazy. She's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Abolish prison, defund the police. What are you talking about? What are you actually talking yes. about? You crazy, crazy woman. <laughs> Well, do you think we need to cancel getting jiggy with it? Is that is that just punishment? Well, it's hard. What do you think the effect is going to have on his legacy? I, I don't think it's going to have much effect. No? I, I, I think we've spent all this podcast talking about something that people are going to forget tomorrow. I hope so. <laughs> I really, so I, you know, when I, 
let's be positive. I I love MIB, and I think that's his, that's the Will Smith movie for me, and uh, the song and all the lyrics. So, <laughs> well, I I have a guilty get my guilty pleasure song is getting jiggy with it. Oh, so yeah, there you go. You know, and that just that ridiculous line. You know, cigar cigar from Cuba Cuba. Yep. That one for the look yeah, though. For the looks, I don't like it. I yeah. don't like it. <laughs> he's, such, a, he's such a candy ass. <laughs> what a punk bitch. Yes. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. All right. Well, have we cooked this? Should we get to, should we check in with Sheila? No, let's talk about Disney. Oh, you want to talk about Disney? Okay. Give yeah. me. All right. So there's been a Disney Corporation Zoom meeting leaked to the media in the last day or so. And this meeting finally affirms Disney's sinister agenda to get LGBTQ characters into kids' movies and TV shows. So let me play you some of this. Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. We, we are in the process of changing over those those recorded messages, and so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we say dreamers of all ages. I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and, and also as a leader. Many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and and, and yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just, just get to be characters. On my little pocket of like, you know, Proud Family, Disney TVA, um, the showrunners were super welcoming, Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean like, Maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must have happened in the last, like, like they're turning it around. They're going hard. Let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background. This are, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like, the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of but like, I, I just was like, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. How do you know if you've got a pansexual child? Well, how do you know if you've got a vegan cat? Yeah, I don't, I've never asked my cat. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not vegan though. And I feel like, uh, I just, I don't know how, when sexuality is coming up that, is it coming up a lot, you know, enough that you go, that, that you go, are you pansexual? And they mm. say, I don't know. Like they've got well, I, I, think, up their you nose. Know, I think what happens is that your, your child, uh, I don't know, flippantly makes some sort of gesture or says something that, that sounds a little bit effeminate or, you know, of a certain way, and then you're like, oh, my God, you just said so-and-so just like this. Like, maybe you're pansexual. Mummy, what's pansexual? And then that's where it starts. And they say, it's something that I'm going to definitely talk about on the Disney meeting that I've got next week. Mm, That's right. So they've unwillingly made public what we already knew was happening with all this work shit. That, that Disney is churning out, you know. The, the other aspect to this is like, you know, we're just saying that how do you know you have a pansexual kid? I think 
I think for these high flying exec woke executives, they they think these these kids are like you know woke handbags to them. You know, mm. having a pansexual kid. You know how fantastic. But <laughs> the other aspect to this story is that Disney's weighed in on the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Uh, and the bill, which I don't even know the official name of, uh, prohibits teachers from teaching sexual orientation or gender identity uh, to kids from grades three and under. It's outrageous. Outrageous. <laughs> well, well, if I want to talk about, if I want to walk in in leather chaps yeah, and talk about, you know. What I did last night. What I'm doing, you know, yeah, tonight even, like with a <laughs> with bunch of different people of all genders, races, creeds, doesn't yeah. matter. We're all yeah. having sex is the yeah. short answer. And if I can't go into the, the, the sordid details and show pictures if I want, if I can't do that, then I don't <laughs> want to be a teacher. All right. The the amazing thing about this is that that uh, there is no reference to the word gay in the bill at all, but the leftist media has somehow got away with painting this as an anti-gay thing. They call it the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Even at the Oscars, like what was it, Wanda Sykes and and uh, Amy Schumer and whoever the other chick was, that they were running around saying "gay, gay, gay, gay," all sort of in a protest to you know this this bill that's happening in Florida. It's like it's fucking ridiculous, you know. And somehow Disney thinks it has the power to change this bill. You know, mm. uh, all the bill does is put the education around gender identity and sexual orientation back in the hands of parents where it should be. You know, if kids in grade three or below have questions in the classroom about this sort of stuff, the teacher now has to advise that the child talk to their parents about it. Sounds pretty sensible to me. Well, that you would say that, you fucking bigot, all right? <laughs> now, I've told you, I need to show, I need to tell kids, I need to confess to them about what I get up to, about the weird, kinky <laughs> stuff I get up to. And if they're not into it, if they, if they don't want to hear it or they don't understand... Well, then that's kink shaming. And then they need to check their privilege is what I'm saying. So maybe maybe it's this this, this whole new fetish where people get off on uh, divulging their sex life to, to underage people, you know. Well, look, it's a weird thing. And, and this whole, it's very clever of them to, to brand it, the Don't Say Gay Bill, because it's not, if there's one thing that the woke left doesn't care about, it's, it's gay, gay people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't care about gay people or lesbians for that matter. So all they care about is trans. Well, all they seem to care about is trans and their them being painfully straight but calling themselves queer. Yes. Mm. Like so, I, I, when they say, "Oh, the Republicans got a real problem with gay people," and you say, "Well, that's clever of you to like, we can talk about gay people if you want," because I don't think the Republicans do have a problem with gay people. I think they've got a problem with sexuality. Well, that's that is a hallmark of the, of the right uh, that they are wonderfully prudish, uh, uh, and, and that's that's their thing. That's what they're all about. But what they but or they're also principled on this matter, and they don't want yeah, they don't want people discussing sexuality or gender with their children uh before time you know for, for for fairly obvious reasons i would have thought um and isn't there a lot of other stuff to cover like why why do we have to spend i would do this inordinate amount of time talking about uh, gender and identity can't we be talking about the natural world and a little bit a little bit of history but not too much of of what they think is history on the left yeah, or yeah whatever you know what i mean like i don't Maths, like Maths. reading well, now you're talking science, yeah, or or or, or imagination, just yes, you know, yeah, whatever, or, or writing stories, you know, all of that stuff, communication. Yep. Mm. Now, I don't understand why we need to spend so much time on 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 gender and sexuality. Like, like, 
you know, I understand what where they're coming from. Uh, well, the Disney people in the video they've said it. They've said that they they seem they seem to think that uh, the main reason we watch Aladdin is is to find out, you know, get a definitive answer on on just what the genie's doing you know, <laughs> downstairs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like now let's get down to business. Like, you know, what what is he doing? What wishes, you know, I know I got a wish of my own, and that's to know what he does, you know, in his private time. Mm. And and what gender is he for that matter? He could be just passing. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Well, you know, progressives, they, they, they're on this crusade to take control of kids' education and to take, take that out of parents' hands, you know, and hand it to the state. That's what they want. They want the state to be in control. They want their, their a particular a political party to be in power and they want them to take control over education of kids. They want parents not to be a part of it because uh, they have just such a low opinion of parents and families and, you know, that, that for some reason they've got a hatred of of the nuclear family, of traditional families and traditional values and, and they don't trust the average American to bring up their kids in a respectful and tolerant way, or, or maybe more accurately, you know, they want to indoctrinate young kids to their worldview. They don't want parents like, you know, giving them the opposite, opposite worldview, you know, and parents are pushing back. Like we, 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 we mentioned this on the podcast before, like what happened in the state of Virginia when, when voters, uh, they uh, voters there, they voted Republican for the first time in a long time and got this guy, Glenn Youngkin in, uh, who campaigned almost exclusively on giving power uh, back to the parents, you know. And one other thing that, that I'm going to mention about Disney, they're doing away with the use of the words boys and girls Finally. at Disneyland Finally. and Disney World. Good. Yeah, great. You know? Great. What are they saying now instead? Oh, something like... Hello, friends. Yeah, it's all that sort of shit, you yeah. know. Yes. Um, hey, comrade. Yeah. Come this way, comrade. Mm. And they say, you know, put on this, this mouse suit. And let's come this way, and let me show. And you show me on this little bunny where where the genitals are, and and the and and we'll change. Well, them. you know, Donald Duck. He strides around Disneyland without pants on. He has done so for decades. Strident, a strident yep. Harvey Weinstein figure. Mm. What I the only thing I would say to finish is that I think every parent in the world should unsubscribe from Disney Plus. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, just to, this sort of feeds into the Oscars as well. And I think what gets lost in the shuffle here is that Disney, you know, despite, I don't know what they think internally, but it, it's a, um, they're, they're about filmmaking and storytelling. And they seem to be obsessed with ideology and, and, uh, and didacticism and telling people what they've done wrong and lecturing people. And look, all of that is a very seductive, it's a very seductive impulse to, to, say, to want to tell everyone how, how they've disappointed you and how, what they should be doing in their mm. private lives. But it must be really galling to them. I don't know this for a fact, but, but well, I, I feel anecdotally, and since we're talking about lived experience so often, which is anecdotal experience, why can't I talk about mine? I feel like Aladdin, The Lion King, The Little Mermaid, and everything that came before is the stain on on that company in in the fact that those are for the ages and endlessly popular and moving and incredible uh, filmmaking and filled with all sorts of of, of um, wonderfully cinematic and unsettling moments, you know, uh, because then they all feel really human. Mm. 
and 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 yet they seem to now be totally obsessed with um yeah with 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 this what they say is their 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 lgbtqa plus two-spirit agenda which look i actually don't have a problem with that really because because to me that is essentially the handstand you do after you kick the goal so if you're a serious goal kicker or if you're you know if you're a great you know three-point shooter uh you can do you know the shotgun sort of celebration or whatever you want to do uh as a bonus after you sink the shot but if you if it bounces off the rim and you're doing all the all the other stuff well i feel i'm i'd be the first one to tell you that you've got to get your game right and that uh um your foundations you know your fundamentals need some work yeah. so i feel like they're, they're taking their eyes off the prize and uh it's a shame really because we i wouldn't would you care about their agenda if their films were still incredible probably not probably not right like and if yeah. the characters like we don't care if they're gay or lesbian or whatever not yeah not really uh or trans doesn't matter but they seem to have a problem coming up with anyone like Jafar or anyone like Aladdin or Simba or whatever. They, they, they seem to have an issue. I mean, you've seen some of this shit recently, haven't you? I have, yeah. Um, I saw, I've spoken about this a few times, uh, it's something called uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, right. which I saw at the cinema with, with my son. It was one what of the did first- he think? Um, well, you know, he, he, I think it was maybe the second time he's ever gone to the cinema. So it's kind of like a big deal. It's, you know, right. just, you don't update it yet, you know, so, but I tell you what, you know, he, he, he loves movies and he loves, you know, certain TV and, and there's some TV shows that he will talk about endlessly and they're the ones that are well-crafted. You know, mm. he, he never talks about this movie. No, never. He, he knows on some level and you, I, you probably haven't done it yet, but you reckon, you know, that you're going to show him the Lion King and allow him Oh, for sure. Day. Yeah. And you know it's going to blow his fucking brain. Well, he's seen Aladdin, and uh, has he seen The Lion King? I'm not sure, but he's seen a bunch of Disney stuff. Like he's even seen Bambi, and yeah. you know, Lady and the Tramp, and and some of the older ones. And and you know, he 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 wants to watch those again. You know, he talks about them. So oh, you know, he doesn't talk about this this new fucking thing. <laughs> no, okay, well, let's, let's leave that shit there. We can't talk about this crap anymore. All right. Well, uh, we're not just back. You know who else is back? Sheila's back. Sheila. Sheila, the rumours of your death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, but I've got COVID. I know. So. <laughs> well, that's a shame. So what, what's COVID like now? It's, uh, well, I mean, I'm a triple vaxxed person and it's it's been pretty gross. Sorry, that's my dog. Just ignore her. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's, it's been quite awful so i can't imagine what the uh the unvaxxed are experiencing but you know that's their choice so you know i'm a pro vaxxer as you guys know i believe in the medical community but three that's getting mm. very close to four i'd like, have another know. one i would have another one <laughs> what do you think ricky what do you think of the people who get four and they're not and they're not 70 and they go i've got four and it's like well they're a celebrity like pat oswald or something or kathy griffin going like pointing at their arm yep. and going like well, why Number why four. stop there? You know, why stop there? Why not eight? Why not ten? Mainline no, okay. it, Johnson. You guys and- say that, but you know, it, it comes down to you know, there's people like me who appreciate medical assistance. Like, 
you know, during childbirth, I wasn't one of those, you know, free birthing morons who were like, oh no, birth's been over medicalized. Uh, and, you know, I said, I love science. I love medicine. The science. Give me, give me everything yeah. that you got. I don't want to feel anything. Okay. Um, you know, so I think, you know, I believe in science. What do you, what is that? So what does that mean? Like, because we're a bit circumspect of some of this stuff, does that mean you, the alternative is leeches? is the choice that's like a, such a Faucian thing it's like okay you can get your four boosters in your balls or you can have the leeches yeah, <laughs> you know well, I mean, choice. that's your hey i'm you know your choices are your choices but <laughs> um i think that you know if you're unvaxxed yeah and not, you end up in the I, what I'm not unvaxxed. Oh, got, God. I thought uh, you were going to say you were unvaxxed. And I was going to hang I wish I was, up. though. The unvaxxed uh, people nowadays are a bit interesting. Yeah, don't you think? yeah, I think so. They're, they're rock isn't stars that, now. Have no, but you isn't seen that... some of those gronk mothers uh, having those rallies and stuff like that? Like just basically Kmart mums. Just, <laughs> I mean, Someone no. in Katie's extended family has revealed that they're an anti-vaxxer, her, her and her husband. <laughs> <laughs> it's made them so interesting i'm like oh wow it's like to me that is the old equivalent of like someone saying like i don't know that like yeah someone you wouldn't expect is saying oh you know i i only listen to the smiths or something you know it's like really cool <laughs> yeah. so know? what do you th- okay so do you think the norwegians are really cool because they're still eating whales or like well, is that- you know is that that makes them really interesting or, or is that a good analogy well, I'm, I don't know. I've not seen the connection, but the Norwegians are pretty cool. I do have COVID. Hang on. Be- before we move on, though, you, you we were talking about the science. We're talking about yeah, the science. About the science. And, and, I knew you wouldn't be able to let this go. We, we were just go. talking about rat rat tests and uh, before we started the show and uh, yeah. how they don't yeah. they don't work very well. Uh, but did you know that in China they do the tests up the butt? And apparently that's far more effective. <laughs> so if you want to, you know, follow the cutting Sheila. edge science, Sheila. the cutting edge Sheila, science. Okay. It all wrong. You, you've been on the butt. Daily Mail for too long because I've read that article and they and it was a claim by some Japanese tourists who said that they were being targeted, okay? By, and- by, <laughs> by, by Chinese testers yes. Yes. with, you know, trying to stick... Uh, Rat tests up there. Were up they real testers so, or were they just, yeah, just just random people? All right. You need yeah. to get off Daily Mail. I need to stay on it. <laughs> well, that's a, that is a good, that's a good segue, Sheila. Okay. There's so, what, what, what's been happening out there? What's the news? All right. Well, I think you're going to love this one. This is so cute. I, this guy is another one of my spirit animals. Chinese man has lived in an airport for 14 years so he can get away from his family plus smoke and drink as much as he wants. <laughs> you should see his setup at the airport. He's lived there for 14 so years. It's I'm jealous. The terminal. Yeah, it is for 14 years. But for 14 years and without Tom Hanks and he's drinking and smoking. And yeah. <laughs> he, he said he left home because his family told him to quit drinking and smoking. And he was like, forget that. I'm going. Yeah. I, well, it's kind of weird because because the 
airports are a a space between spaces, aren't they? Like you go there and, you know, if you're a drinker, you can go there and drink at 10 in the morning or you can go there and, you know, get in their little smoking room. And, and it's like you're in this this other world. It, it's a timeless time. place as well. It's very yes. timeless, yeah. So he's living in a constant like Ballardian interzone. Like oh, J.G. Ballard would love this guy. He would, he would, yeah. No, uh, so I and, don't and, know who that is because I, as you guys know, I don't read. I don't even read these articles. So, <laughs> but um, you, no, but you did see. Now, can you describe the? There's a picture of this man. What does he look like? Like, what's his? Is he in a good condition? No, he's not in a good condition. <laughs> For God's sake! I've and you should it. see, you should see his little setup. That's not in a good condition either. It looks, um, you know, he's, he's eating his bowl of noodles off the seat like where your bum goes on a you know and he's got an entire table of soy sauces and stuff like that (laughs) he's using that as his dining table yeah well I mean I've done that when I've been does he have a job there he must work there no he's just living at Beijing airport so he commutes he commutes out of the airport to work and comes back to the airport wow he must do unless he's retired what a dazzling story. I love it. Okay, all right, what's next? Okay, I think you'll like this one. Dad attaches a rabbit feeder to his son's bunk bed to stop him asking for water at night. Quote, best five bucks I've ever spent. That man's a genius. <laughs> and great. there's a picture <laughs> of the rabbit feeder and it's like a bottle of water so the little boy lies there and he sucks out of the yeah the thing that you would give pets. I'm just having a bit of a scale problem does it do you have you don't have any idea on how old the kid is or no, it's I'm, about, I'm picturing have, you ever, have you ever seen guinea pigs like they have that little that bottle it's yeah, probably like, so I know the bottle but that's, yeah, but that's it. So it's an, he hasn't made his own it's like an exact rabbit feeder No it's it's literally he's bought one from the pet shop Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So, but well, Ricky, you, you've got a, a kid. Is it, would this be a good investment? It would be. Uh, my, my son doesn't really get up in the middle of the night and ask for water much. So it's probably happened maybe once or twice. But if if that were to happen in the future, that would be a great investment. People don't like this This when you treat humans like animals. They don't like that. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, but but the only difference, like it's essentially a water bottle, right? The only difference is you bought it from, yeah, but you bought it from a pet shop. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess. Because the Daily Mail's, presumably it's the Daily Mail. (coughs) Sorry. Sheila, Um, are you okay? Are you still with us, Sheila? Yes, I'm triple vexed. Unlike you. <laughs> well, you can still get it and you can Unlike pass it Unlike you, so know, ding dong. You know I, I am vaccinated. I'm vaccinated too. It would be a different deal if it was one of those cat feeders that's timed. You know, you set the time for when the food comes out yes. and then that's that's dinner time for your son, you know. Oh, no, not AJ. No, I've got another friend who has one of these these timed things. Mm. Cats, they go crazy for them. And when it, when it goes off, they just bolt. <laughs> Do they? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They live by it. Like, you know, they just, they're obsessed with it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'll work for a kid. I think um, that might get you into a bit of strife. Mm. So what's, uh, <laughs> what's next? Exclusive. Now, this is an exclusive. It says exclusive. Okay. So we're hearing it for the first time from, yep. from okay. All right. From DM. Yep. Newlyweds who spent their wedding night in jail after bride hit her own mother with a stiletto in mass brawl are now in this is in capitals 
living apart. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> of course they are. Now, wait, so so they're in jail, separate jails. I've got no idea. Well, no, they've uh, they've both pleaded guilty to assault over the incident in West okay. Lothian. That would be in Scotland. Well, shit. Um, well, Scotland, Ricky. <laughs> surely the dude could just say, "I'm a woman." Yes. And then he would get into the jail, yeah. right? Yeah, they could be, sh- be sharing reunited. a cell. Yeah. This wow. is such a nothing story. Like, like that guy is totally foolish. If you can't do it in Scotland, mm. where can you do it? Yeah. Sorry, you have just you just turned that into some lesbian. sort of trans thing? Have yes. You, is that have what I you, turned it into a trans that, thing? I'm not that, the one turning it into trans <laughs> things. This is real. It's a real thing. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> so so um, there have been documented cases of men hundreds criminals hundreds really yeah hundreds okay all right i'll go with you on that one (laughs) actually i have to check my facts there but it's more than one i'll tell you it's more than one okay it's more than one (laughs) Uh, but anyway if the guy there have been cases of of literally some guy it looks and let's be real they look like guys they're not and they're not they're not passing very well and then they say i'm a woman and then, that, then everyone in polite old Scotland says, all right, fair enough, fair enough. They come this way, ma'am, come this way. And yeah. then they just send them into a women's prison because it makes total sense. If I, Ricky, if you had the choice, male prison, women's prison. Women's prison. Great, there you go. I don't know what to say to any of that, honestly. You, you guys, I, I haven't been around you for a little while, so I'm just going to have well, to leave that. I mean, who would have that, thought that I'd be bringing you the news? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> far out. This is, a, or actually, I think this next one, I think you're going to enjoy this because it's just so strange and, you know, it probably affected a lot of people in Australia as well. Americans born before 1996 lost a collective 824 million IQ points as a result of lead poisoning from gasoline before its ban study finds. So that means uh, all these people, like uh, they're saying that a whole bunch of uh, people have received brain damage from gasoline. Is that from leaded petrol when it used to be leaded? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I remember the waning days of leaded petrol. Yeah, my first car was a leaded petrol. Yeah, so was mine. So we've lost a little bit, presumably. Yeah. Well, we're on this show, so <laughs> mm. something's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Something's gone wrong. <laughs> that's why right. I can't keep up with our guests. Mm. That, that, that's a little bit too hard-edged for the Daily Mail, isn't it? I mean, that's like... Serious news story. Oh, oh, sorry. That um, sounds like no. That sounds like like an Aaron Brockovich sort of thing. Mm. Like you think we should actually be looking into it, right? Yeah. When when do we get reparations for that shit? <laughs> you guys are absolutely killing me tonight. All right, how's this lesbian vicar punched and bit her female partner in drunken lovers spat after necking glass of wine in lockdown? <laughs> I love the use of necking glass of wine in a headline. Wow. Show me if, you know, if like the New York Post would write a headline like that. These people are genius. That's got everything, that story. Mm. It does. It does. There you go. That's what you're looking for. Sorry about the letter petrol. Sorry. I mean. That's good. No, and it had lockdown as well. It did. Yeah. It's got everything. And it did have, yeah, it did have lockdown. Mm. 
Um, and, you know, like there were things uh, during the time I've been off where the Daily Mail headline people were on fire writing things like, um, you know, uh, UK hits the oligarchs in the rubles and stuff like that, you know, like it's, it's such great stuff. Uh, can you have lesbian vicars? He's caught the thing. lesbian vicars. I am, yeah. I can't get it well, out of my mind. I think I, I think you can if it's Church of England. They're very welcoming. Mm. It's it's Catholicism that's uh, a little bit stringent. Mm. Can you, yeah, the Church of England, they'll let you do anything. Okay. I mean, Re- it was created so. so a man could murder his wives. So. Mm. Um, uh, yes. Henry. Is this Henry? Yeah. I just realised how many, like, massive aspersions I've made tonight like, about different countries. This, 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 this is what people this is what people tune in for they they <laughs> like to hear hate speech yeah I'm not doing hate speech they I'm like doing... to hear hate speech from <laughs> Sheila Sheila at the new flesh yes. oh my God. I don't normally say things like this I don't know what's wrong with me uh, uh, sounds like a normal show to me okay. I, I don't know. all right well I, I, this is my last uh, okay one that I have for you what do you got is food really the way to the heart man who asked a local takeaway <laughs> to write a marriage proposal on the container of his girlfriend's cheese and onion toasty is brutally rejected. Of course it was, you cheap prick. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know. At least get us some chicken chow mein or some, you know, sweet <laughs> sour pork. You, you didn't need to tell me where that one was from. That could only have been from one part of the world. <laughs> okay, that is... That is our, our our brothers in the Commonwealth. I knew as soon as I heard the, the, that usage of the word a takeaway or whatever, the way they say that, get takeaway, I was like, ah, oh, yes, I know where this is. Well, so, that's yeah, that's, so romance isn't dead. Did he, did he put the wedding ring inside the cheese toasty? Like, All right. If it's in the pictures, I can tell you, but if it's not in the pictures, yeah. oh, my God, it's... The, it, oh my god! The picture is one of those orange styrofoam like uh, containers, and the people have uh, at the takeaway have done their very best. They've written <laughs> "Will you marry me?" and they put little love hearts all over it. Oh, well, so that everyone tried their best is what you're saying. And then the next picture is is him and his dogs. So I'm taking it that um, that's where he's at now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, all's fair in love and war. I well, a, f- a friend of mine texted his his marriage proposal, oh, and he stop was it. and he was in the next room. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> so that his girlfriend's absolute, in the kitchen. I, I hope she threw boiling water over him and no i don't think so i think she was pretty ecstatic yeah so i think she was in the lounge he was in the kitchen text message comes through there you go happily ever after sorry but unless that guy is like ryan gosling <laughs> um like what's that guy got going for him that you would accept that as a proposal? <laughs> right because it's all about the proposal you know Nothing else. Just the marriage. Proposal. Yeah. Don't worry about no, the marriage. No, it's just about a bit of effort, Rickster. Get, That's get all. It's just about right. a bit of effort, you know, <laughs> not being a gronk. Just mm, going, oh, yeah, right. just get married some, some, you know. Well, I'm sure he used some emojis. How about that? Is that effort enough? Like love heart emoji, 
I don't, I don't know what's happened to all of us in time off. <laughs> well, well, I thought it went quite well. Uh, it was a rip-roaring return. Thank you very yeah. much, Jill. And, and thanks for coming um, on uh, when you've got uh, SARS-CoV-2. I, I can't catch it somehow through the podcast, can I? It's not going through the microphone. Well, you know. that's, you know, I mean. Fi- through the 5G sort of somehow into my brain. Mm. You know. if you were, I don't know. You guys are down that rabbit hole. You should tell me. Mm. What's Joe Rogan telling the two of you? Well, I have, heard, <laughs> I have heard if you get vaccinated that you start having dreams about Amazon products. So, oh, yes. So be careful. If you start I'd dreaming say, about Amazon stuff that you can buy online, then you know well, you they've che- got you. And if anyone wants to check out my wish list and knock a few things off for <laughs> yeah. me, I'd be happy with that too. Anyway, thanks, Sheila. We'll see you next thanks, week. Thanks, guys. Bye. I, I, I'm a bit scared of what's of, of what's about to happen on this podcast. What what you're going to do to me here? All right. Okay. Well, so you you said you needed to talk about Will Smith. I've got a boy. Have I got something for you? I call this the fall of John Stewart. You sent me this thing, this this clip of a show. It's, it's some sort of show he's in, and I just it made, it got me steamed. Okay. So just a bit of background. So John Stewart, huge uh, figure in American sort of political satire. I think most millennials either saw clips or watched the shows and loved The Daily Show when he was on it, got some of them politically active. It was certainly my go-to back in the day, and he was a bit of an activist for sort of post-9-11 issues. He fought the, 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 the Bush White House and conservatives when they were the bad guys and the rest of it. So anyway, he's got this new show on Apple TV, a nice sort of backyard uh, mom-and-pop company, Apple. <laughs> Similar format to what he's done before, but this is only eight episodes. They pick an issue, climate change, veterans, stock market, and they explore it with guests and interviews. There's sort of an advocacy element to the show also, it seems, but it seems solutions-based from what I can see. I feel like he's he's in his in his autumn years really actually thinking, okay, I really do want to solve problems and, and move the conversations forward. So he features... Uh, you know, the sort of, unfortunately features the same sort of ultra progressive renter crowd who scream and holler whenever they hear something they like, almost like they've been shipped from Colbert's audience to his, wherever the fuck he feels it. Yep. Um, And it's the same high pitched chick screaming. Yeah. You know this? I I reckon there's someone, they, they pay this woman. Yes. To, to go from show to show, you know. Yes. He's making that bang. Same, that same, woo, it, yeah. It's like It's like that voiceover guy that, that did all the, all the, um, <laughs> all the cinema trailers, trailers for yes. the longest time. This, you know? this summer. Yes. That yeah. That and that guy's like, he made bank. Yes, he did. And so did this chick, I hope. Anyway, episode eight of this show is on racism. And John uh, is talking with three guests about white supremacy and race in America. So here's a quote from uh, the little synopsis. White people say they're ready to listen and learn, but black people have been saying the same thing for centuries. John talks to Race to Dinner's resident white person, TM, Lisa Bond, Yale professor Chip Gallagher, and writer Andrew Sullivan about how white Americans can uh, can can take responsibility for upholding racist systems. It goes about as well as you'd expect. So just in short, everyone is on the left in this discussion except Andrew Sullivan. Yep. Uh, Andrew Sullivan is a conservative, uh, an immigrant from the UK. He's a decided US citizen, courageous public intellectual who admits when he has it wrong and he's had it wrong in the past. He believes in family, religion, small government, uh, as you'd expect from a conservative. Uh, he was there at Ground Zero uh, during the 80s when to be gay was 
basically to be public enemy number one. Now, I desperately want Andrew on the show uh, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to get him eventually. But in this show, what follows is a truly disgraceful display in which Stuart and the other two guests engage in ad hominem attacks. Mm. They lead with outrage and emotion and, um, and enter this debate from a bad faith position, uh, well, from basically from the bad faith position that there is no debate, really. Mm, yeah. I got that sense. Now, Sullivan is cut off, patronised and sneered at by everyone. Worst of all, he's essentially called a racist on two occasions, including by Stuart himself. So I have, have some clips here. He also calls him a motherfucker as well. He does, and it's, it's in that sort of mildly humorous way, uh, but... But given the context, it's it's not. You know, he's he said it that way to get away with it. It seems like, uh, yeah, it was dreadful. It was a dreadful. Uh, I don't know why Andrew Sullivan even went on the show. Yes, I don't know. I, I, I was very confused. If I could finger snap, I would finger snap right now. Uh, let's well, remove it from the calling me a racist, John. Let, let's. You're you've been doing a pretty good job with it yourself there. So. <laughs> So that was an instance where, uh, you know, after a tirade from one of the guests, you know, John says, oh, if I could finger snap, I would. And Andrew said, well, you'd be finger snapping her calling me a racist. Mm. And, you know, that woman was totally allowed to get away with it, uh, which yeah. is a shame. This is Lisa Bond, confident BBW. Did you notice that? I, I did notice, yeah. Did you? Did you? The yeah. show's called that she's on is called Race to Dinner. So. <laughs> Okay. Now that's I didn't. That's not me. I'm not joking. That's what the show's called. <laughs> Fucking hell. And I think she, she's she's in a hurry to get there and to eat as much as she can. So she's not, she's not a fat studies professor, is she? No, but I think she'd be. She'd definitely be uh, part of the cause. Like she'd yeah. understand where they're coming from. You know, she <laughs> yeah. wouldn't go in there and say, you know, I think you all need to lose a bit of weight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's a complete uh, radical extremist. On, on, at least on this show. I mean, I haven't seen much of her other work. She believes that white supremacy is a word to be used casually uh, mm. to refer to the invisible network of power and privilege that preferences white people. So Andrew pulls her up on this. He calls this a, a, uh, a hyperbole yeah. and says that most people uh, think that white supremacy is, is, is not that. We'll get to that in a second. She also admits to being a racist. Did you hear this? Well, it's, yeah, it's the thing that, that white women do. You know, they're called, they, they self-flagellate themselves. and She says, I'm a racist, you know, and you go, wow, that's dreadful. What a dreadful way to be. Yeah. I'm sorry you're a racist. Um, so when you want to stop being racist and you mm. want to join the rest of us who aren't racist, yeah. then we're here for you. I'll have dinner with you. I don't know if it might be smaller than the dinner you normally have, though. So <laughs> oh, <fuck> anyway, <laughs> remember that episode we had called... Fat, 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 fatty. <laughs> yes, I remember. Is that a popular episode? Or anyway, uh, <laughs> check I that. can't remember. I'd have to All check right. the stats there. So she has a, she tells, uh, uh, she has a completely unhinged outburst, which I want to play for you and get your ideas. This is what Second happens when you don't talk about it. This is what happens when white know. people don't talk about it, is you have racist dog whistle tropes like this yeah. that actually perpetuate and perpetuate and perpetuate. So I am, I, I, and I did not come on this, on this show to sit here and argue with another white man. That's one of the reasons that we don't even engage with white men at Race to Dinner. <laughs> Um, so, 
I'm out. Um, you know, because quite honestly, if white men were going to do something about racism, you had 400 years. You could have done it. So I just, no, I'm, I'm shutting you down right now. Um, I am not responsible so for anyone the point before is, me. I'm so tired of just engaging this conversation and this deep hurt that Andrew has about talking about racism. And, and Chip, God bless you, but I'm going to put everybody in the thing. All of us white people do this. I don't care if we say we're abolitionists. I don't care if we say we're progressive. I don't care if we're literally members of the KKK. Every single white person upholds these systems and structures of white supremacy. And we have got to talk about it. Yes, 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 <laughs> USA, USA. And you go, wait, 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 don't, 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 do, that. don't, don't do that. Don't do that. So what do you think of that? Uh, it's fucking nuts, man. I, I, I'm just, why doesn't John Stewart say, hang on a minute, you know, there's no pushback on any of the stuff that she says. And what's really annoying is that Andrew Sullivan, he, he's, he's appearing via Zoom, you know, so his audio is not quite as good and it's much easier to talk, talk over him, yet there's a lag. Um, I, the thing that annoys me the most is how a little bit further on in that show, I think it's towards the end, they talk about, oh, well, you know, we're having the conversations, we'll have the conversations with everybody, we'll have them with, you know, all sorts of people, but, you know, but, but the same breath, they won't say, well, you know, but, but just moments earlier, she says, oh, we don't talk to white men anymore. Well, you know? this, this is a flaw, okay, this is a flaw in, in, in a certain kind of, because I don't think Jon Stewart is isn't a, a radical extremist on the left. I think he is a moderate and and does believe in trying to make. He doesn't come across like that in this show. He doesn't. I don't know what's happened, but but the inability of moderate left people to be charitable to him, or just to say people on the left or whatever, yep. the inability to stand up to intellectual foolishness, yeah, and paper thin, exotic esoteric arguments from mm. extremists is also bad. So, and the fact that it's that the people go crazy with their clapping and stuff is, is next level. Like uh, I hate this clapping. I, yeah. what, what, what is this? Like I, I, it's, it's such uh, pandering, uh, you know, that it's about racking up that those, the, you know, it's a, obviously a completely tipped audience. So it's For not, sure. it's not, yeah. a, it's not an, a, a, a rational audience. So, but John, what does he lose by saying, okay, because he, 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 he uh, on several occasions, now he might have a closer relationship with Andrew, I don't know, but on a couple of occasions, he cuts him off and is very rude to him and very brusque. And he says, he says, you're not living on the same planet. He says, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He says that you, you, you saying that a, a doesn't a B or C doesn't exist. Uh, you know, I think that is a foundational lie. So he, yeah. he has massive claims. He calls him a racist says you're doing pretty good yourself. There he calls him a motherfucker, as you say. Mm. So why have five or six instances where you take it to Andrew Sullivan, which, which, you know, Megan Kelly can take it to people. I've heard her take it to people on the left and right. Uh, now, why? What does John Stewart lose by by stopping Lisa and saying, "Lisa, hold hold the phone just before you go on." Like, you know, you have 
uh, on this show, I got you on this show because I'm, I am trying to foster discussion and that's exactly why you're here. And to hear you say that you won't listen to, uh, you won't, you won't engage or discuss with any particular group, uh, or race rather, you did say a race, you might be from that race yourself, but still you're on a whole group of people is, is I'm very disappointed to hear that. And, and, I'll, you know, maybe even I would like you to explain how you expect us as a people to move forward at all if that's your position. Mm. Yeah. You know? And if- that's what you would expect a moderator and, and an MC of a show to, to do, especially one of these discussion panel shows, you know. Well, maybe he needs to not be the host then. If he wants to be an advocate, like a full advocate, what he needs he to be the do, guest. He should say, he should say, okay, I'm going to be a guest now in hire a proper moderator, Chris Wallace or whoever the fuck, right? Some, yep. some straight down the line newsman or whatever to whip people into shape. And he'll say, look, just treat me like anyone else. I know I pay the bills around here, but like, I, I want, like I'm just part of the discussion. I'm not the, 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 the head honcho, but this is totally pointless. And, and this woman says also this claim that, you know, you can believe whatever you, whatever you want. But her claim that white supremacy is, uh, you know, about power and privilege and 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 this conflation of everybody from, you know, uh, you know, my mother to someone in the KKK as being part of the same racist system, yeah, is is not. I mean, but do you think that that is something that the average person, let alone the average American, uh, uh, is something they would? cosine no i think i think these views are so uh are so extreme and so outside of what normal americans think so i mean this is why this is why trump happened right you know i mean and 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 they didn't see it coming either you know they didn't see it coming because they just they're not going to see it again and they're not going to see it again in 2024 when he comes back because they just um they have these ultra niche ideas like this like everyone is part of this white supremacy culture and system that the rest of America, they're just not on board with, you know, and to be honest, the majority of black people aren't on board with it either. I mean, the average working class person of color in the US is just, you know, is just working hard to survive and, and, and you know, working with his colleagues that are of all different races. And, and, and he probably doesn't, he or she doesn't give a shit about it. Well, we know that, that, that uh, Latinos overwhelmingly don't like the expression Latinx. Yeah. And I think that is that is uh, emblematic of mm. of representative of the of of the dumb elite constructed ideas and language and yeah. and things and obsessions of the these extremists that normal people aren't part of. That in fact, when you hear Hispanic people talk about it, Latinos talk about it, they say stuff like, um, "Don't anglicize." Don't bring your angli, your you know your. Don't try and anglicize my language. Like you know, I learned, I I I I came here speaking Hispanic, and I was bullied for for it, and uh, and then I learned English, and now you're you you know you're coming at with me with this Latinx crap. So it's it's actually a slur to a lot of uh, um, Hispanic people, and yet yeah. you know I think John Leguizamo might have said it at the fucking Oscars the other night. So yeah, that's where they're at. You know, that someone comes up with this idea and they all jump on board. They think it's great and they just cannot, they just think everyone else is going to love it. Oh, yes. they're going to love it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But why you know? are they so confident of that? Like it's, uh, you know, and I mean, at the end of the day, Stuart's outbursts are also rotten on the show and, and uh, it was a train wreck, you know? Yeah. 
total intellectual dishonesty and bad faith from a guy who's worth over a hundred million smackers, uh, which doesn't really get much of a mention. I don't know why they don't talk about money more often. Like how yeah, can I know. all these shows, all of them, like they never talk about money. Yeah. Like, like the Oscars and the news, these people are all multi, multi million. And they all live in gated communities. But why don't they talk about it more often? Yeah. Like, in fact, Whoopi Goldberg, I saw this. I mean, she is a train wreck, but but I saw some clip of her today of like, you know, they got a guest on and that that would that, that person said that, look, I, I just think that, you know, what Will Smith did was people are sick of sort of Hollywood elites and Whoopi's like, oh, oh, you know, I hate this elite stuff. Like she's all, she really hated it, you know, because she, <laughs> she is a Hollywood elite. So she didn't like that. But so a couple of things, there used to be something called American exceptionalism. This idea, this idea that Americans had that they were, you know, had manifest destiny and that their country was so better than others and, and whatever. And um, it's transformed. And now American exceptionalism is this, is this negative force. So, you know, now people like Lisa Bond think that she is exceptionally, uh, an exceptionally bad person. And, and and that their country is exceptional in its in its racism. By the way, racism exists, and um, and it's all over the place. And I'm not making excuses for it, but that's a reality. But if you think that America, if you think that uh, if you think that multi like the multi ethnic uh, democracy of America is more racist than than um, the 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 home of the Chinese Communist Party. Then you you yeah. are living you on you are living on another planet. Like there are countries uh, that are that are plainly more racist than than America. Well, don't don't they Photoshop out black people from movie posters in China routinely? Yeah. Routinely, they did this with Star Wars. They did it. With the, that that is like, but it's a bit in China. If you're not Han Chinese, then yeah. you don't you don't exist. You're not you're not you're not worth a damn. So you know we've seen what they do the Uyghurs over there, the, the Muslims. Uh, whereas you can be. You can be a Muslim uh, in in America, and you know, and be part of the establishment. Yeah, ain't no thing. Mm. You know, like it's slow. And, and and why do so many people immigrate to the US? Well, if this it's is so the racist, Andrew. Andrew Sullivan brings this up. He, he said does, he's, yeah. he he brings up that uh, stat. I, don't, I can't verify his stat. He said that eighty five percent of the of of immigrants or, or people that come to the country are non white. Now, you know, people wouldn't go there if it was if it was. A land of horror and 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 everyday racism. So, but and I've got this. So, what's this lack of perspective that like these people are all well, seemingly all not shy of a coin? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Maybe Lisa Bond's not that rich. I don't know. But um, not enough travel. Go go and live somewhere else. Go on just for, for just for a little while. Just for a little while. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Europe maybe. Go to Europe and and go and live there. Learn the language talk to people, see how things work over there and and put it all together and you'll come back and find that America's not exceptional in its racism. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. And the last thing I'd say is uh the left's inability to acknowledge triumphs uh will prove their undoing time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that there's no when there's no argument in that uh, in that Western history across all the continents is filled with blood and horror and shame. Mm. But the idea that um, that discounts the whole thing, I think that I think that John Stewart is, you know, I understand why he's doing it because I've talked with people like him and basically 
their position is that they refuse to cede one inch of ground. So they won't admit, they won't admit that, that Western civilization, it could be the rule of law. It could be, you know, I don't know the idea of democracy. If you go all the way back or whatever, it could be anything, uh, his inability to acknowledge or even his own country's founding documents, which, yeah. which have proved, I think, you know, uh, pretty amazing over time. Uh, uh, so the inability, he doesn't want to cede any ground to the other side because Americans and uh, you know, if you're listening and you're from our beloved sister country, take this in the, in the, in the, in the way it's, it's meant is that there's a lot of people in the U S who have no chill and that's why we love you. Okay. You've got no chill. You're passionate. You, you've got your your got hot your your blood runs hot. You know, when you hate something, you fucking hate it, and when you love something, you want to bear hug it until its head pops off. And that's <laughs> why we love you. You know, you bring us all the good stuff. You brought us Sasha Gray, all right. You, you brought us Dances with Wolves. You, you you bring us all the good stuff, all right. We love all of it. Okay. So it, his inability to 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 acknowledge those things, people on the left, they could totally like destroy a lot of the conservative cause if they just if they just stood up planted their feet and said we are proud of a b and c and these things are we can all agree our common sense can agree that um you know there's been more good than bad and and that you know that these 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 things that have followed us and that the world places like ukraine have tried you know ukraine loves america ukraine ukraine loves democracy and free speech and uh, and has a sense of history. So the, it's just I find this the, the the more that they try and pump up this sort of sixteen nineteen project kind of thing and say and year zero thing of just like you know it's always all just a horror show um, is going. No one's going to vote for that when yeah. really if you just took a couple of things if you said look it's mostly horrible okay it's mostly horrible but our founding documents are glorious and there's been a lot of the, and, and the adversity that our country has faced, uh, you know, has actually made us, you know, stronger and better. And, and although, and, and although it happens very slowly and slower than we all would like, we are still trending in the right direction and, and, and pick a few figures that despite the fact that they lived hundreds of years ago, we can say, well, yeah, by modern standards that, that you know, they've got, a, I wouldn't want to have dinner with them because they probably, I don't know, smack my child and have their way with my wife or whatever. But, <laughs> but at the same time, they're probably, you know, did great, incredible things that have like shaped our society and it's okay to acknowledge those. Mm. So I just, I find, I found this whole thing to be so appalling. It's horrible. I I, I will post a link in our show notes to this show. Uh, Be warned though. It's a tough watch. It's a tough watch. (laughs) How how hot did you get when you watched it? Oh, I got so, I got so hot. I called you instantly. Yeah. I, I had to talk to someone about it, you know? Yeah, look, it's just it's it's it was just an incredible uh, defamatory exercise. I'd love for people to find us on on Twitter or Instagram and and tell us what they think. You know, yeah. like we need to hear from you guys. So if you listen to this show, don't be a stranger. Drop us a line and and yes. and and start interacting with us because we we, we want to hear what you think. So at the New Flesh Pod is our Twitter, uh, and Ricky, you're across Insta. So yes, yep. So jump aboard. Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, it's time for a lie down. I think. Well, it's been a good show. It's been a good bro down. Yes. Well, it's, it's a good a great comeback. Bro down. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I, I agree with you. I aggressively agree with you. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> we'll try and keep it going. We've got some massive guests coming up. So tune in. And yeah. as I said, this week, Evan Mulholland, uh, do listen to that. Yes, do it. All right. Well, we said what we said. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Okay, you can get your four boosters in your balls, or you can have the leeches. Mommy, what's pansexual? <laughs>